families to come out, have some fun, um, have some food, have some fun, and as well, we want to be a blessing to them. We're going to have some, some bags um, for them, and they can go through our line, and we'll have some school supplies, but we have the list here. Uh, we're asking for some donations for this, all right? We've got about a month out. Um, we're going to have a, a little table in the back. I'll have it marked off probably starting tonight or Wednesday for you guys to drop off these school supplies. Pencils, glue sticks, uh, boxes of crayons or colored pencils, notebook, paper, scissors, um, uh, subject, uh, the, the notebooks, either one subject, four subject, any sort of subject notebooks that's spiral. You know what I'm talking about? If not, just bring a notebook and we'll, we'll get it, okay? Um, erasers, and then as well, we're going to be collecting Germex tissues and dry erase markers and supplies to be able to donate to um, the schools um, for uh, the teachers because those are some supplies that they need and that they oftentimes have to buy out of their own pocket. So we want to help them out, be a blessing to them. Um, we're also going to have, of course, while we're down there, an opportunity for people to be uh, connected with, prayed for, um, witnessed to, all that stuff. So more details as we get going. But until then, keep this uh, insert. And if you want to be uh, a help out, you can get some of those donations and bring them into our designated spot. And you can come out that day and help out. We'll have several stations uh, in need of some, some hands, all right? A couple other things. Uh, we do have Kids Club tonight, and Adult Bible Study will be in here. Uh, for the Kids Club tonight, uh, it will be our store night, so the kids get to go shopping tonight. Not out Dollar General or anything, but we're, we're bringing the Dollar General here, basically, so they can come and, and shop with all their points they've earned. Uh, then uh, Monday, that's tomorrow, the 18th, Red Cross is having a blood drive here, and so uh, sign up for that if you want to. And Thursday, the Seniors Ministry is going to the Transportation Museum in Roanoke and lunch at Olive Garden. Meet here at the church at 8.30. All right. Senior? What age is senior? Hey, you can fake it till you make it, all right? <laughs> just kind of walk a little bit, with a, bring a cane or something. I, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm going on this trip. I've got to come supervise, all right? And uh, Plus, you're going to Olive Garden, so, you know. We, but, uh, anyways, we're, we're looking forward to that. It'll be a fun time. And then Sunday morning, uh, the 31st, we'll be having the Lord's Supper that day. And do not forget as well, I know the ladies had a meeting last week, um, ladies women's retreat sign up sheet is still in the back um, August 1st will be the due date for the deposit of $50 Debbie Vaughn of Christ Life Ministries is going to be a guest speaker and I promise you you don't want to miss it it's going to be a great time in the Lord all right uh, let's pray this morning let's ask for the Lord's guidance for his help and uh, then we're going to stand to our feet we're going to lift up our hearts and our voices and we're going to sing and worship the Lord uh, let us pray gracious heavenly father we thank you for this day God we're grateful for the fact that um we're able to meet here, Lord, freely, to gather in your presence, to gather with your people, to fellowship with one another, to fellowship in your word and through your spirit. I pray, God, that you would prepare each heart today, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth, that uh, all that we are we would worship you for all that you are, Lord, and not just for all that you've done for us, but, God, you've been so good, so gracious, so faithful to us. Help our minds to be focused upon you. I pray that if there's one today who does not know you as Lord and Savior, that you would draw them to repentance, that they would put their faith and trust in you alone. God, if there's one who needs encouragement, encouragement. If there's one who needs conviction, convict them. Whatever the need might be today of every heart, God, I pray that you would prepare them for your word, that you would accomplish great things through the power of your spirit. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would be glorified and honored as we sing, as we serve you, as we fellowship with one another, and as we worship you today. And Lord, we thank you for this time once more. We give it to you now. God, you have your will in your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you're able, please stand. And we will start our singing service. Uh, I'll fly away, hymn number 779. 
2 Corinthians 5, 8 tells us that we are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That's what this song talks about. I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Sure, I fly away. I fly away, oh glory. I fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I fly away. Just a that is amen one day we're gonna fly away our next song is redeemed how i love to proclaim it by the way redeemed hymn number 356 second uh, excuse me first peter 118 and 19 tells us for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. Amen. Our Savior is perfect. He was without spot and without blemish. Redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed. Child and forever I am Redeemed and so happy in Jesus No language my rapture can tell I know that the light of His presence In me doth continually dwell Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed that forever part his child and forever I am praise God it's all by Jesus Christ amen 
1 Corinthians 13, 12 tells us, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Face to face, next song, hymn number 781. Face to face. Face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face what will it be, when with rapture I behold Him, Jesus Christ who died for me, face to face I shall behold Him, So before you are seated, please earn your time to seat by turning around, speaking, waving, saying hello, and good to see you, good to be in God's house, amen. After you've done all that, you can be seated, you've earned it. Okay, now we have some special music by our brother Tony Hicks. Got a few, he's got one fan out there. <laughs> Brother Tony, you come on. We love you, brother. Love you too. I told you to wait in the car. <laughs> Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, amen? And Carissa, can you give me my phone, please? i got to have my lyricals here. Well, guess that comes back to bit me. I can make up some words. Love is sure 
For Christ has paid for every failing. I am His forevermore. Mine are tears in times of sorrow, a darkness not yet understood. Through this valley I must travel, though I see no earthly good. Mine is peace that falls from heaven, and the strength in times of need. I know my pain will not be wasted, Christ completes his work in me. his mine forevermore all by his doing not mine I'm telling you well join with me in a word of prayer we want to thank you Lord for all he's done this morning and all he's done in our lives days past pray with me our father our God in heaven we thank you Lord for this wonderful beautiful day you've given us thank you Lord for the good song just sung and all the music so far we pray, Lord, it's been pleasing and a blessing to you and to all the cheering uh, congregation here today and then out there in, the, in the radio land. And we ask, Lord, that you would just continue to bless and help 
For your honor and your glory, we do all this, Lord, and we're seated here because of you today. We pray that our hearts would be attentive to the songs and to the preaching of your word. We pray, Lord, that you would change our hearts. Help us to be willing, Lord, to let you change our hearts here today. And, Lord, help us to go forward in life, Lord, to serve you better and to be a witness and a testimony and to tell others of the good news, the gospel. Help our pastor and bless him and strengthen him and use him, Lord, as your mouthpiece here today. And, and Lord, help him to proclaim the great truths of your word to your people. And we'll praise you and thank you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're able, please stand as we sing one more song. Worthy is the Lamb. This is not in the uh, hymnal, so we, this is a handout. Revelation 5.12 says, Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. Wor I'm going to say that again. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He is worthy of it all. Worthy is the Lamb. Seated on the throne 
We crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious. High and lifted up. Jesus, Son of God, the darling of heaven, crucified. Worthy is the Amen. You may be seated. And now, help make our pastor feel appreciated and welcome. Let's give him a nice applause. Pastor Joe Bryant. Revelation 5.12 tells us, <clears throat> Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever why is that well just a few verses before he tells us because he is a lamb who was slain and even more than slain for the sins of man he is risen we serve a risen savior we serve one who is not just some god in heaven who is looking to bat you or beat you over the head every time you mess up we serve a God who put on flesh, who came to this world, the sinful world, to die for sinners. He died, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous, so we might live through Him. His death, our death, His life, our life, so that He might offer you eternal life to know Him forever and forever, that we might have all those things that we've talked about this morning and we've sung about, that we might one day see Him face to face, not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of who He is and what He has done. We serve a worthy Savior. Today, one day, you can know and rest assured that you can be in His presence. And I would tell you this, if you are without Christ today, you will one day as well be in His presence, but it will not be good. You will experience His wrath forever and forever. You will experience the eyes as a flame of fire that will look into your eyes and say, Depart from me, cursed into everlasting, for I never knew you. But to those of us who have repented of sins and trusted Christ, you will be in His presence, and oh, what a joy that will fill you forever and forever to be in the presence of joy and love and peace and gentleness and goodness forever and forever. God is worthy. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. That was sermon 1. 1 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 6 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 19 and 20 today, specifically in verse number 20 today. We've been talking about the presence of God, specifically the fact that you and I as believers in Christ should know that the presence of God is very much within you. And if it's not within you and you don't have assurance of that today, I pray that the presence of God today in this place and through the power of His Word, the power of His Spirit, that He would absolutely overwhelm you, crush your pride and crush you in your sins, that you might bow your knee to Him, that you might be able to say, I know that the Lord dwells within me, not because of what I've done, but rather because He has saved my soul by the purchase of His blood. 1 Corinthians 6.19 tells us, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Lord, we come to you this day. We want to thank you for the song sung. We thank you for the worship that has been lifted. God, I thank you for the power 
of your presence, Lord. And God, I pray that today that there would be, if there's just one, Lord God, who, who doesn't know you, it doesn't matter, Lord, if they've been here in this church for, for 30, 40, 50 years, God, I pray, God, that you would save a soul today. Lord, if there's one who needs conviction, convict him, Lord. If there's one who needs encouragement, encourage him, Lord. I pray, God, that you would bring things to mind and memory, but God, it'd be you who preaches this message. It would be your message for your people, Lord. God, this is your word. It's your spirit. It's your book. It's your people, God. Have your will and your way, Lord. Uh, God, we thank you for this time. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about the presence of God in the life of the believer. The presence of God is perhaps the greatest need, and I would say not even perhaps it is the greatest need of every person in this room today, but even more so, it is as well the greatest neglect of every believer that I know of, including myself. How often we neglect to experience the presence of God, how often we neglect to be and to bask in the presence of God, and that has been purchased and given to us by the blood of Jesus. That now ye and me, ye and me, are the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. That is the dwelling place of God. That is His presence. It's the place of His glory. It's the place of His work. It is from the inner parts of us to the outward parts. Religion says out to in, and God says in to out. And that's how He works. That's who He is. But see, without Christ, we have not an access or an awareness, a true awareness of the presence of God. As a matter of fact, those without Christ, they certainly know that God is real, but they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. They press the idea down into their very hearts and souls that they don't want to uh, experience the presence of God because they know that they are going to have to give an answer to Him. And I would tell you today, dear believer, so will you. Thank God that through the blood of Christ that I will no longer have to give a, a uh, this sort of answer or punishment for my sin. Jesus took the punishment for my sin, praise God, but I will have plenty to answer for upon that day. Nevertheless, though, I look forward to the presence of God. And I can only do so because I have been washed. I have been purchased by His presence and for His presence to experience His presence to know that His presence is within me and that everything and every part, every second, every moment of my life is to be lived out of His presence within me. If we understood, if we understood this idea about the presence of God, it would change everything about our life. It would change our Christian walk. It would change the way we think. It would change the way we talk, the places we go. It would change the which and way we approach church. It would change the way we approach prayer. It would change the way we approach singing. It would change the way you approach your job. It would change the way you approach your identity because now your entire life would be found not in what you do and where you go, but in who you are in Christ Jesus. And there is nothing that man can do to be able to purchase the presence of God, though man might try to get into his presence, to run to his presence, to do all that he can to be with God. Man is separated from God because of our sin. And the only way in which we can be in His presence and to know His presence is through the blood of Christ. We must be purchased. Purchase is necessary. The presence of God has been purchased for us so that we may experience and be empowered by His presence in our life. There was a time in your life and in mine, dear believer, where you could not get to God. You could not get a hold of God. You could not have uh, your, heirs, your, uh, your prayers answered. You could not uh, experience uh, His power in your life because all that you knew was His wrath abiding upon you. All that you knew was your sinfulness. All that you knew was your old condition, your old man. All that you knew was this world and the things of it. All that you knew was the fact that you were at enmity with God. That's an enemy of God. You were against Him. And because of your sin, He was very much against you. But yet, God in His goodness and in His love, while He can be against the sin of the sinner, He is very much for them to come to Him, that He died for them and rose again so that they would come and could come freely by the blood of Christ. 
But I would tell us and ask us, to those of us who are saved, why are we content to live without the presence and power of God in our life? Why are we content to live without the power and presence of God and our work over our sin and our homes and our families and our minds and our health and everything that we do? Why are we content to do so without God? And the reason why is because we love ourselves far more than we love God. We exalt ourselves far more highly than we think of God. We think far too little of Him. We undervalue the presence and power of knowing Him. And truly, at the very root of all that you are as a believer, it's found in His presence within you. Everything that you need is not something that you're trying to attain, but rather something that has already been accomplished for you. And whether or not you will live out of that or not, it's up to you, entirely up to you. I want us to look today, first of all, at the price of the purchase of His presence. He says, for ye are bought with a price. This is the price of the purchase. This is a price that was far too high for us to swipe a credit card. This is far too high a price to be in the presence of God for you to try to be good enough. As a matter of fact, what you and I have often been so taught to do is that you've got to clean up your outside in order to get to God on the inside. I want you to know, you can clean up your outside all you want and still be lost as can be. You can have the right suit, the right dress, the right length of hair, the right length of skirt. You can go to the right places. You can hang out the right places. You can go to church. Every time the doors are open, you can open up your Bible. You can even read it. You can even throw up a prayer and still not know God and still not know His presence and still be unregenerate, still be lost, still be on your way to hell. You can even know all the right answers. And there's plenty of people in Carroll County, plenty of people in Victory Baptist Church, probably even in this room today, who would be able to say, yep, Jesus died for me. Amen, I'm glad He did. That ain't salvation. Where is repentance and faith? Because if you have truly repented and put your trust in Jesus and Jesus alone, you will know the presence of God that abides within you and your life will be changed because you will see every time you sin, the great price of which Christ paid to purchase you from your sin. Every time that you go wayward and fleshly, you will see the price that has been paid to give you the presence of God, to make you the temple of the Holy Ghost so that you would no longer have to live under the power and authority of sin or of this world or of the devil himself. But that you may now freely serve the Lord and freely do so in His presence. It was a price that you could not pay. It was a purchase that you could not make. But it was a purchase that has been made for us at the cross that we've sung about. Praise God for that. Ye are not your own. In verse 19, I believe that this is key for us to understand before we get to verse 20. We often think our truck is our own, our car is our own, our house is our own, our job is our own, our different parts of life are our own, and we have all these different little aspects of our life that we separate, and then we even have one little spot separated for church, maybe even separated for a Christian walk, if your Christian walk is not the whole, then you're missing it. It is not that you come here and you do a little bit of Christian things outside of these walls, but it's that when you go to your job, when you see your family, when you uh, live day by day, when you go to Food Line or Dollar General, you're pumping gas, or whatever you find yourself doing, that it must be done by the Lord and through the Lord and for the Lord. Because there is not a part of your life in Christ that now belongs to you. Your life is not yours. 
Your breath that you take right now is not yours. The heart that is beating right now is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Your money from a dollar bill to a penny to half a penny, or even if you got two nickels or two dimes or two cents to rub together, it don't matter what you've got. It belongs to God. Your car belongs to Him. Your job belongs to Him. Your thoughts belong to Him, dear believer. From the inside of all that you are and all that you think and feel and respond to and decide, all that belongs to Him. Not just this little part here. And sadly, I believe that there's many people who give God just this little part because they don't have Him and don't know Him. To be the temple of the Holy Ghost means that the whole of the presence of God, the fullness of God dwells there from the inside out. And it will change how that temple is used. It will change the way in which your body moves, where it goes, how it speaks, how it talks, but even more so, it will affect how you think, how you feel, how you respond, because far too many of us are so fleshly, so carnal, that we never respond to anything in the Spirit. We always react in the flesh, and we wonder why we're so frustrated. We wonder why we're not looked at and viewed as some sort of uh, real Christian. We wonder why people run away from us or are afraid of us or don't want nothing to do with us. We wonder why we've got no peace inside. It's because we are not being filled with the Spirit that we're called to be, that we've been given as this gift to know His presence. You see, we own nothing physically or spiritually. Our body is not our temple. Our body is His temple. Your mind to belong to Him. Your heart belongs to Him. Everything to Him. You see, everything is now, as we look at this, Not our own. Why? How are you not your own? Because you've been bought. Bought with a price. To be in the presence of God. You see, we didn't get to make the purchase and we couldn't make the purchase. We couldn't pay the price. But we get to enjoy the gift of His presence in so doing. Jesus made the purchase. He paid the price so that you might know His presence the goodness of His presence and not the wrath of God that would abide upon you, dear sinner. You see, what Jesus has done and accomplished for us is so beautiful and so grand that I'm afraid that our minds often can't fathom it. The depths and the riches of the mercy and goodness of God. And yet some of you have been in church so long that you've become so desensitized to the Spirit of God within you that either you're just so carnal and so fleshly or you're just going through the motions or you need to be born again. It will change our entire life to know that we are not our own, not a single part of it, and that we have been bought. And that's why we're not our own. The word bought here is agarazzo. It means to be bought, to be purchased, and specifically that from a marketplace. We hear songs about sort of being redeemed and being bought off the slave market of sin. And so many of us have heard it so long that we think it's just some old preacher's cliche. I want you to know, you were a slave. You were a slave to your flesh. You were a slave to this world, to the devil. You were a slave to those that hate you. You were a slave to things that hate God. You were a slave to those things. And you had not a good master. Matter of fact, you were beat up, you were abused, torn apart, belittled, cast down. And to those of us who have been bought, we've been bought with a price, therefore we're not our own. We have a new master, and he is a good master because he's not just my father, he is a friend. He has adopted me and called me his son. I'm not just a servant or a slave, but I get to serve freely now as his son, 
as joint heirs with Jesus, as the temple of God, I get to serve Him. What it means to be bought means to secure the rights to someone. Someone, not something. To someone. To secure their rights to someone by paying a price and thus acquiring them as property. And this is not the Bible saying, go out and buy some slaves, make some slaves, make evil slaves. No, no, no. This is rather showing spiritually that you were slaves to sin, and now we have been bought with a great price, and that now, instead of being a slave to Satan and to self, we can freely serve the Savior as His servant by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. This means as well, when someone is bought, they have no rights. When that person was bought, sadly, and let's think about this, we're only 150 years removed from slavery. When someone got bought, they had no rights. They were not their own. And some of you today, who have been saved and you got your fire insurance and you even carry your card around and you call it your church membership, to prove, oh, well, say I'm saved and I know the right words. Like, Jesus saved me, that's it, right? Some of you today either need to be truly born again and bought for the first time, or you need to understand the depth that you have been bought with a price, therefore you are not your own. You need to quit and we need to quit as a whole, as a people of God, living our life for ourselves. I want you to know, and I want you to get this this morning, eternity is a breath away. You are a breath away from eternity. And you will either be in a real, very real lake of fire, an eternal hell. And it will not be a place where you will party, where you will hang out, where you have fun, where you will be with your friends. You very well might be with your friends, but they will be in torment just as well as you will. And by the way, in eternity, it will not be the devil doing the tormenting. For he will be cast into a lake of fire, and so will hell and death itself. You will face the wrath of the one that you have sinned against, the one that you go against, the one that you hate in your flesh. The other side, though, of eternity being a breath away is that you will be in the presence of the one who bought you. And oh, what joy would fill us on that moment if we could catch a glimpse of hell for just a moment. We might realize the severity of what that looks like, but if we could catch just a moment of heaven, a moment of the glory of God, you just might shout a little at the fact that you've been bought by Christ. You've been bought and you could not pay the price. You did nothing to earn that price. He bought you even though you were in your sin. Even yet in your sin, He bought you by His precious blood. And because He's bought you, you have nothing of your own. Your life is His. And if you don't like it, then you don't understand the goodness of God. If you don't like the fact that your life is not your own, then you are your own idol. You've made yourself your own God and you want to serve yourself. And I would tell you, you must be born again now. Repent now, long before we get to an invitation. Get your heart right. See the goodness of God that leadeth man to repentance, that you might know His presence, you might know Him rightly, that you might see the goodness of God that He bought us not because He wants a bunch of pawns, but because He wants people who are surrendered to His glory that they might see and experience His goodness, experience His presence, so that we might, and just might, surrender to Him and glorify Him. That's what we'll see in just a moment. I want to look here. I want to push this price home. I want you to get this today. 
This describes the ransoming of slaves. Not just the buying of a slave. This is the buying and setting free of a slave. That now I serve the Lord. Now, Paul called himself a doulos, which can be translated as servant or slave. And to be honest, either one is about just the same because whether I'm a slave to Christ or a servant of Christ, I get to do so freely. Whereas before, I was bound. Look at this. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6 for just a moment. Romans chapter 6. You see, this describes being bought with a price. It is that we are set free from an old master. We're set free from an old way of life. We're set free from the chains that used to bind us and hold us down. Romans chapter 6 tells us in verse number 17, But God be thanked. But God be thanked that ye were. Now let me help you out. That's past tense. You were. That's no longer who you are. That's who you were, not who you are. It's who you were, not who you are. That you were the servants of sin, but ye, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which is delivered unto you. What was delivered? The beauty of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died the death that you deserved. He rose to offer life that you could not live, that he gives power that you don't have, that he gives strength that you can't muster. It is all through Christ that he has bought you with a price not to set you free back into the world to be in bondage again, but to set you free to glorify Him and to know Him. Look at this. He says, being then made free from sin. I don't have to tell you this morning what sin is, and if you've been saved or been in church long, you know what sin is. You know why you know what sin is? Because you have a conscience that God has given to you, you know, you don't have to teach a child how to lie, how to steal, how to, how to dishonor or disobey. They know how to do it. No parent goes, today I'm going to teach you that. No, in our sinful flesh, we are sinners. We don't, we don't commit this sort of sin just all willy-nilly. It's who we are. It's who you are in the flesh. You've got nothing good going on. You've got nothing good about you in your flesh. He says you've been set free from sin. You became something new. It's something new. You were, but now you've become the servants of righteousness. The moment that Christ saved me from my sins, He took... Let's look back even further than that. You look at the cross. What is He clothed in? He's clothed in your sins. He's clothed in my sins. He who knew no sin became sin. That means not just that He was signing a check to pay for your sins, but that He became the curse itself. Instead of God damning you, He cursed His own Son for you. He placed Him upon the tree. He gave Him the death sentence that you and I have accrued because of our sin. We must not take sin so lightly and we cannot, we cannot lift up our Savior high enough. Look at the cross of what He's done. He made the way there. But the moment that you trusted Him, you are now clothed in righteousness and you have become something that you've never been before. He says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. 
For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, right? When we sinned, we did so willingly, didn't we? When we sin now, by the way, we sin willingly. What you yield to, that's you're willing, aren't you? He says this. Yield your members' servants to uncleanness, to iniquity, unto iniquity. Even so now, yield willingly from the inner man, from all that you are inside, to the outward. Yield your members' servants to righteousness, unto holiness. God did not call you to happiness. He called you to holiness. And in holiness, you will find much something far greater than happiness. You will find joy. You will find peace. You will find the presence and power of God in your life. Only in holiness. He says, for when ye were, notice that again, the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Amen, somebody. Yeah, the Lord has bought you. He has set you free. So let me ask you, dear believer, why do you go back to the bondage of sin? Why do you go back to your old master? Why do you go back to your old man? Why do you go back to your old flesh? Why do you go and live that way and live in bondage when Christ has set you free? When you've got a new master, a good master, a, a heavenly father that loves you and cares for you, that adopted you by the death of his own son. Why would we shackle ourselves? Why would we chain ourselves up to sin when we are meant and born again to be free. There is freedom in being bound to Christ. But there is no freedom in being bound to sin. Turn with me to Ephesians for just a moment. Actually, there's several places. If you don't want to flip, I'm going to do it for you anyways. We are bought by the blood of Jesus. You were not bought by religion. You were not bought by baptism. You were not bought by trying to turn over a new leaf. You are not bought by being a church member, not even a good one. Because you ain't a good church member unless you're born again. And half of the born again church members I know ain't good church members. Hey, we don't like that, I know. It sounds harsh, but you know something? The greatest church members are the ones that simply are simple. They don't overcomplicate church. They don't overcomplicate Christian walk. They live the simple life of, and you know what holds it all together? It's what saves, it's what sanctifies, it's what one day will see us to glory. It is faith, surrender, in Christ. To put faith in Him is to truly surrender. It's to be dependent upon Him. To lay all my life upon Him. I've got nothing. Faith in Him. We were bought by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1.7 tells us, in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. You know what was there on that day? That dark day of Calvary? Yes, the wrath and justice of God. But do not think that on that cross, God's grace was not there either. His grace was there being offered for you and for me. Being poured out for you and for me on that day. How about this? 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 tells us, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, you want to know what some corruptible things are? I'll tell you. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again until you get it. Corruptible things are this. Church membership dressing right, your outward man, your outward appearance, your outward walk, your outward talk. You can quit chewing, you can quit cussing, you can quit your dancing, you can quit all kinds of stuff that people would call sin and still not be right with God. 
you can cleanse yourselves and dunk yourselves and sprinkle yourselves with water eight ways to Sunday and still not be able to enter into the presence of God. Only way that you can enter in is by blood. The Day of Atonement was very significant for Israel, but certainly significant for the cross of, of Christ. It was where the blood of an innocent one was sprinkled upon the mercy seat of God for the guilty. What we find today is that the blood of Jesus has been sprinkled upon, poured out upon that mercy seat of God, so that you and I who are guilty might be declared not guilty. That you and I are looked at now as innocent, as if we've never sinned, as if the curse of sin had never even affected us, as if we have always and only had the righteousness of Christ Himself. That's who we are now in Jesus. He says in verse 18, corruptible things, and he says a silver and gold. And that's true. For us today, that might be tithing and good church attendance. He says, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Tradition and traditionalism will send you to hell just as quickly as modernism and liberalism. Only the truth, only faith in the truth of Christ will set us free. He says, but with the precious, I like that he adds precious now, doesn't he? The precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. You have and we have a bloody faith, a bloody cross. If it's not bloody, we... We've got nothing. There is power in the blood. Not yours, and not of an animal, but of the precious Lamb of God. How about this? We see over 2 Corinthians 5.21, quoted already, for He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Then bought. But notice that word bought. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for ye are bought. This doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but I want to give it to you. It might help you out a little bit. It's in the aorist tense. What this means is this is a past action that has been completed with a future implication and stamp that this has a lasting effect. I would tell you this, your sin has a permanent, it's been done and it's got a lasting effect and it will lead to everlasting punishment. But because of what Christ has done for us, that we've been bought with a price. We've been bought, meaning the moment we've been bought and the price was paid there for us on the cross of Calvary. The moment you've been bought, lasting forever and forever. So let me tell you what you need, dear believer. You want, you want to know how to get through this hard time you're going through? You want to know how to have your mind, your anxieties gone? You want to know how to win the battle over sin? You want to know how to have your family right with the Lord? You want to know how to have your own heart right with the Lord? You want to know... It's found in the same spot that you were bought at. It's found at Calvary. It's found at the cross. Look no further. Quit seeking religion. Quit seeking your own works. Quit seeking this outward man to, to fix the inward thing. Trust that Christ has paid it all and all to Him I owe. Trust in what Jesus has done and accomplished because it's got lasting effects. It's got all you need. And He's given it to you. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse number 28. Jesus says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. 
The ransom price has been paid. Notice he says, for many. The reason being is because there are some, perhaps even in this room today, who have not bowed their knee. They will refuse. They will trust in religion. They will trust in their good works. They will trust in anything else but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The ransom has been paid for you, dear, dear friend. Turn with me over just a few pages in Matthew to chapter 27. I want to show you this price. The price that Jesus paid. Verse 27, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered him into the whole band of soldiers and they stripped him. Put on him a scarlet robe and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit upon him. They took the reed and they smote him on the head, which, by the way, he just told us a verse ago was, had a crown of thorns on it. And after that, they mocked him, took the robe off from him, put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. We go down a little bit further. What is seen in the other Gospels is this. This man, Jesus, the God-man, God in the flesh, His blood flowed. He didn't have to be beat into submission to get on that cross. But he laid willingly down. He said, I lay down my life. And I pick it up again. And He laid down His life for you, dear sinner. He's mocked. He's crucified. He's there now hanging in the heat of the day bleeding profusely, body riddled with pain, bearing our sin and our shame. Turn your attention to verse 45. From the sixth hour, that's high noon if you will, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. This darkness is significant. This is much like the darkness that plagued Egypt. It is not just, oh, there's a cloud in front of the sun. It's a little dark out there. Mostly cloudy, chance of rain. No, no, no. This is a darkness. A thick darkness that can be felt. This is the time where Jesus Christ, the righteous, the darling of heaven, as we've just sung a little bit ago, is there on that cross bearing the weight of your sin and becoming your sin. He is not just carrying the weight of your sin, but He's carrying the weight of your sorrow and your shame. He is bearing not just yours, but the very weight of all mankind. Just as Adam and his sin imputed his unrighteousness and sin to us, and death to us, Christ now is having all of our sin imputed to Him meaning it's now His, so that you and I would be able to have His righteousness. But in this darkness, Jesus is dying a painful, horrible death because of my sin. I want you to think about that for a moment. You can even say it to yourself. Jesus is there in the darkness, dying for my sin. And about the ninth hour, three hours have passed. In this darkness. Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. 
That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You and I get to experience now as the temple of the Holy Ghost the presence of God at all times of our life and through all things in our life. And in this moment, Jesus Christ, the Son, has now been left to die by the Father. Left to die not for any sin or crime that He has committed, but for the sins and crimes of which you and I have committed. cries out, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? J.C. Ryle writes, Terribly black must that guilt be for which nothing but the blood of the Son of God could make satisfaction. Heavy must that weight of human sin be which made Jesus groan and sweat drops of blood in agony of Gethsemane and cry at Golgotha, My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken Me? All that you need from salvation and sanctification, every part of your life is found here. All that you need is found at the cross. The price of the purchase of God's presence is the death of Jesus, God's own Son. What we see then now, the purpose of that purchase. 1 Corinthians 6.20 You're bought with a price. You're not your own. And now when we read, you were bought with a price, I hope that what you can see when you read that now is dark Calvary. I hope what you can see now is the man Jesus who had his beard pulled out, his face spat upon, a bloody brow from the crown of thorns, a bloody back that had been torn and ripped to shreds with even his entrails hanging, with his eye hanging, with him looking as a slaughtered lamb as it will, because he is the slaughtered lamb of God for you. I hope that you see every drop of blood. I hope you hear every cry of his humanity as he cries in pain and agony, as he cries, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I hope you hear every cry when you read, you were bought with a price, that you might remember that you are not your own and that your life is meant for a higher purpose. And the purpose of the purchase was for our good and for His glory. And never mistake that. Because the price of His presence has been paid, the purpose of the purchase can be now displayed to us. And that is the glory of God. And it is the good of God. And the goodness of God working in us. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us in verse 13 and 14, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Why? Why does Christ the Son have to die? What happens there? Well, it's because we're unrighteous and need to be bought, but as well, I want you to know this. There on that dark hill, there in the cries of your Savior, because of your sin, God is glorified. God is glorified. And it even tells us in the Word of God that it pleased the Father to bruise Him, to crush Him. Why? So that you would be set free. 
so that you might know His presence both now and your body, soul, and spirit and one day face to face have we sung. Your salvation, your sanctification, your glorification is not just for your good, but it is for God's glory. All that, does, all that God does it's to display His glory, but as well as to receive glory. And if there's anyone that deserves to receive glory and honor and praise, as we have read and sung, it is Christ and Christ alone. Body, soul, and spirit to the glory of God. Our spirit, our soul, our body must be surrendered to this Holy Spirit of promise, which is His presence within us. And it's His power within us. The Christian life is not meant to be this long, grueling fight where you just are barely scraping by. It's meant to be lived in the presence and power of God. We often think it's just so hard being a Christian. And I would say to you, yes it is in your flesh. But to those who say it's so hard to follow Jesus... I would say, yeah, not in the Spirit. Not when we surrender to Him. Not when we live in the shadow of the cross. Near the cross. Near the cross. Be my glory ever. Oh, dear friend, it's the cross that sets you free. It's the cross that you'll find your sanctification. It's the cross that you'll find your satisfaction. It's the cross that you'll find your identity. It's the cross that you'll find all that you need to get through this day. It's in the cross that you'll find the presence of God within. Only a life surrendered to God gives Him glory because it reflects His glory. And God is most glorified when we are saved, sanctified, and surrendered to the purchase of His presence. Meaning this, that we're surrendered to what He's done. And what He's done is He's bought us with a price and He's purchased us so that we might know His presence in all things and for all time. Today, before you leave this place, make sure that you know the presence of God. Make sure you desire the presence of God more than anything else or anyone else. Because truly, your great need and your great desire must be to know Him. You will never, ever know God's glory unless you have been purchased by and through and for His glory. Unless you've been born again, you will not know what this glory is. Now, I want to see the power of His purchase. Perhaps this might be the real message. You bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. That's, our pur- that's the purpose of the purchase. But here's the power of it. That you now can glorify God in your body, that's your outer, and in your spirit, that's your inner. Why? He tells us, which are God's. Because now from your innermost man to your outward works and body, you belong to Him. And you will never please God or glorify God or know God unless you are in Him and He is in you. First thing when we see this about the power of the purchase is that it took someone who was dead and gave them life. Someone who was blind, and now they can see. It gave someone who was an enemy of Him to where now we are 
not just servants, but we're friends and sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have been redeemed by His presence. Let me expound on that for a moment. Jesus did not cease to be God on that cross. The presence of Almighty God was very much there on that hill that day. So that the presence of God could very much be in you today, now, dear believer. The presence of God redeems us. But it's as well as the presence is this. That our presence does not save us, but yet in this sense, His death is my death. I, I died that day. When Jesus died, so did I. My old man is dead. He died. When Christ rose again, I have now a resurrection. And one day a coming resurrection. And by the way, now His faith, now my faith. I've got no faith on my own. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. The reason why you struggle in the Christian life is because you're trying to live by your own faith. And I can tell you, and hear it, please, you've got none. And I've got none. That means look around. There's not one more person in this room more faithful than you. The only difference is if they have surrendered their will by faith and trust and going, Lord, I can't save me, I can't seal me, I can't sanctify me, I can't satisfy me, and I certainly can't send me to heaven. You can, and the work has been accomplished. And In so doing, what we find is the true presence and power of God in our life as we were meant to live. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 tells us this. That we were redeemed by His presence. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh. That's right here, very present, by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, and for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. That's put to death. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Jesus has made the purchase to bring us into His presence by His precious blood. I am redeemed and reconciled by Him and to Him and for Him, dear believer. But we are as well now today. There might be our redemption, our salvation, but here is your walk today. Here it is. You can be and must be and should be and must always understand this, that you can be renewed by the presence of God. You are the temple 
of the Holy Ghost of God. That means His presence is there as a gift. The greatest gift God gave to you was Himself. And there is renewal in that. Look at this. Chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to experience His presence? Bow your knee. You want to experience power? Bow your knee. You want to know God in His fullness? You want to know what it means to have the hand of God upon you? Bow your knee. It won't happen until then. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might, notice this, by His Spirit in the inner man. It's His Spirit that empowers your spirit to submit your soul, your mind, your thoughts, your will, your emotions, to submit your body, your outward man, to submit all these things that your life would be to Him and for His glory so that you might know Him as you were designed to. Are you frustrated, dear believer? Sure you are. You're doing it in your strength. Either that or you need to truly look back and see if you really know the God that we're talking about. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. What does it mean to dwell? It's presence. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's been given to you. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. His Spirit renews our inner man day by day. The renewing of our inner man becomes the release for the outward man to glorify God. If you want to know what it truly means, you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, there it is. So bring this to a close. The presence of God has been purchased for you by the blood of Jesus so that you may experience and be empowered by His presence in your life. You've been bought with a price. You are not your own. Will you live out of an awareness and an abundance of His presence in your life? I want to share with you this song sort of as a poem because I don't sing. You know that. You don't want that. It's a song by a worship group. The song is How Deep. You were broken that I might be healed. You were cast off that I might draw near. You were thirsty that I might come drink. Cried out in anguish that I might sing. How deep is your love? How high and how wide is your mercy? How deep is your grace? Our hearts overflow with praise to You. You knew darkness that I might know light. Wept great tears that mine might be dried. Stripped of glory that I might be clothed. Crushed by Your Father 
to call me your own. How deep is your love? How high and how wide is your mercy? How deep is your grace? Our hearts overflow with praise to you. Let me ask you today, are you living with an overflow of the presence of God? Do you know that you have been purchased? If you have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, do not waste the presence and power of God in your life, dear believer. Live to the glory of God in sweet, faithful surrender. Let's all stand. If you have a need today, if you need to trust Christ, come, I'll take the Bible and show you Jesus. You can ask Him to save you. He'll save you to the uttermost. Today, if you have a need of getting sin right in your heart or, or surrendering to Him, this altar's open and people can come and pray with you. Today, whatever your need might be, I can tell you this, if you come to Christ, He will not cast you out, but His mercy, His grace, and His love is higher, deeper, and wider than you could ever possibly imagine. Would you come today? Thank you.